0: Wendy is with us in studio today and as I mentioned, two topics to cover. Firstly, a travel insurance story that is going to remind us all to read the fine print and then we're going to follow up on complaints about a local blind and shutters business taking deposits but seldom delivering the goods. Um, and if time allows, we'll make some space for open line calls at the end as well. If you would like to join any of those conversations, make a comment, ask a question, the lines are open to you on 21 or you can send a voice note to 72 671567 six, Wendy lovely to have you back with us Thank you've you, told Pippa. us so many times about the importance of reading the fine print All on right. anything you sign but boy today's case proves the point because if a short-term insurance industry veteran like the lady sitting across from me now can be tripped up by a clause in her insurance policy what hope is there for the rest <laughs> of us um Christelle Coleman, it's so lovely to have you back with us again. Our listeners have heard her voice many times on the show. She's the CEO of Ami Underwriting Managers and unfortunately, kind of the victim in today's case. Christelle, lovely to see you again.
1: Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: Just a few words in general before we get to your case. Wendy, a lot of people think travel insurance is a waste of money. Others swear it is an absolutely essential purchase if you're going to travel. Where do you sit in that field?
2: Well, obviously, one's view is going to be shaped entirely about, uh, on whether you've had to claim on your travel insurance in the past. So mm. in my case, the many thousands that I've spent over the years on travel insurance have been a total waste, zero return for my spend. <laughs> but the upside, of course, is drama-free holidays. Um, if I'd had to claim, well, my holiday plans would have been in tatters, but it wouldn't have been a financial disaster for me. Or not entirely a financial disaster, and that 's kind of the point of today 's story, as with so many insurance policies, all insurance policies. The small print can shape off a huge chunk of what you 're expecting as a payout, and that brings us to christelle 's personal story for a change, yeah, so Christelle, tell us about your travel plans and how you came to make a claim on the travel insurance policy that you'd taken out with Holod. A policy, by the way, which, as you've just said to us, had all the bells and whistles. You wanted to be totally covered for any travel-related disaster, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so I'm, I'm not just an insurance specialist. I actually ran Europe Assistance, which is one uh-huh. of the big uh-huh. travel. <laughs> so yeah. I know travel insurance really, really well. Um, and I do tend to pay more to get the most comprehensive cover because because I know insurance. Yeah. So I, I had a trip booked overseas with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son got uh, broke his leg in a rugby match. Oh shame. Yes, and we had to oh. cancel the trip um, last minute. And I knew that we had the cover, so uh, can, you know went through all all the hoops, did everything that I had to do. You know, tried to cancel my flights, tried to get some refunds from the, fl- the airplane, uh, from the airplane, from the the airlines, um, and then eventually submitted my net. Loss to the.
2: Okay. okay. Let's get a bit of detail there. So you had an international flight for, for yes. the family with um, the BA. Yes. And then you had rail tickets with Itel Rail. And mm-hmm. then you had some internal uh, flight, flights with some internal um, airline operators, right? right. So Itel <laughs> <It's on laughs> it, Rail, <laughs> Ital-rail, where did that come from? Uh, refunded you. Full, in they? full, which yes. was lovely. Good okay. to know. Yeah. And then tell us about the others just briefly. So, so
1: actually, just so that you know, um, travel insurance, uh, one of the conditions of the policy is that you first have to try and cancel everything and get yes, all the money back. Yeah. And you can only pl- um, and plan for the balance. Um, BA, um, I also paid a bit more. So, I had a quite a flexible ticket. So, I got, I would say, about 90% of the airfare back. Yeah. Um, but the local flights that I booked myself within Europe were, not, you know, there were no refunds. The budgety there. ones. And I tried. Let me tell you, I tried to cancel those flights. I had all the chatbots. I had all the call centers. We couldn't cancel. It was non-refundable. They confirmed that. So then I had a net net claim. Okay. So so 10%
2: BA and then the full full amount you'd paid for those two internal flights. Correct, Okay. So... (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about the figures,
1: because yes. when it came
0: to it, you submitted that claim, which was somewhere, I think, close to 30,000 Rand yeah. in total. Is it, that sounds, right?
1: it sounds like a lot, but we were a family of four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the flight, yeah, the, it was all flights at the end of the day, because I got all the accommodation and everything refunded. It's good to know. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and I try and book accommodation where I can, can get the refund. And Pippa, actually, I was on the show, on your show with yeah. COVID. Remember when we talked about all the travel insurance complications yes. yeah. when COVID hit? So we, you're aware of the fact that you can be... Become sick. That's something can And, go and wrong. also
2: being an in insurance, you, you know very well that it, things, go wrong. Do, <laughs> you, things yeah. go wrong. You plan, yeah.
1: hope for the best but plan for the worst. And it is also a requirement for your visa to have travel of insurance. Yes. So if yes. you are going to book travel insurance, it really is my advice to your listeners, don't just go for the cheapest. Don't think that what you've got with your credit card is going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Things yeah. go wrong. You know, people fall ill before you go. They fall ill when you're overseas. It's not just medical costs. It's also your luggage and you know, cancellation, curtailment, which is under which i yeah. claimed now which yes. is cancellation yes. of a for a valid reason um, so yes so 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 we had about 30000 rand that i submitted and what? And, and then, then the, big the first Nasty the first yeah. offer came back to me And said okay They'll pay 4,000 rand Of the 30,000 7 four, We seven, should be fair no. And say
2: that it, That included the 2,000 rand Excess that you yeah, so, 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 so yes
1: that's right So it was 6,700 yes. um, That they offered That's right um, But I'm thinking Like a real consumer now Of course now. yes What you, <laughs> what you, got, what you landed <laughs> up with Yes
0: so, Okay so 30,000 rand Submitted And they come back saying You're going to take home four, Just over Yeah, four After 2,000 2, excess Why yeah. the huge discrepancy
1: so, so there were two reasons. The first reason was they made a mistake, um, which was rectified. They okay. forgot to include the BA portion in the settlement, which was about 11,000. 11, right. yeah. Yeah. So that was great. So we got up to the total payment, then came up to about, uh, the offer came up to about. Sixteen thousand of so the about 30,000. 50 percent, just 50 over. 50 and, yeah. and 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 the and the big reason for the difference and why I wanted so so much to talk about it today is on this particular policy, um, they don't pay for the airport taxes and booking fees of the <laughs> travel agents. which it's anybody who so travels knows. You can't is it avoid this. Can. Why it's should
2: off. they not? I mean, it
0: just—it's just—is that—is that a common exclusion? Have you I ever heard not, of that before?
1: No. Well, I—I I, the so you know on the offerings that I've taken to to market before, and that we will be taking to market soon, and. You know, for instance, I checked the market, the Santam policy um, would pay the airport taxes. So I was really, really shocked. And I was like, this can't be right. And then I read the wording for the first time. And I realized it is there. I can't push back against something that was very clearly stipulated in the policy wording um, that, that they have a valid exclusion. And I couldn't fight it. But I just thought it's good to know that when you buy travel insurance, look at whether the policy covers Airport taxes and the agency, the travel agent booking fees, because it makes up about 50% of your airfare. If you book economy class, obviously, if yes. you book a business class, the the portion of um, um, taxes will be much smaller. smaller. Yeah.
2: So, so I, I took this to Rolard, um and I asked obviously how how do you come to four seven out of a thirty thousand rent claim and let's well let's call it six seven because you're always going to have to pay an excess yes, of uh, how does that excess sit first of all uh, uh, no, as a I comparison in the market that's about what you'd 50, expect okay so. so and then i said um uh yes i see the exclusion 8.13 which states that you don't cover airport taxes and agents fees but does Holland feel that this properly ticks the disclosure box? For example, it's not bolded. A lot of the things are bolded, but that isn't. Didn't get a response to that one. All they said was, oh, we made a, an unfortunate error by not including that amount of 11,262 rand. And we've apologised. and uh, Which they did. Which well, they've rectified. Yes. Okay. Exactly. okay. So, so setting aside the
0: mistake portion of this, w- the bottom line that Christelle's here for is to, to make us aware of the fact that you should not just assume that your policy is going to cover the flight in full. And that this, um, Wendy, your point is that if you're going to exclude something as substantial as airport taxes or agent fees, you would be happy as a consumer activist to see that, directly pointed yeah, out and
2: highlighted discloses highlight it.
1: everything and it should yeah. be something
2: that's bolded capitalized or, or whatever I
1: mean, or, or maybe shown as an optional extra to buy up well there oh. you go oh. the insurance yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Wendy there's another point that I, that I would like to make about travel insurance travel insurance is something that you normally buy yourself yes it uh, is an no, online tool so you sure. go online as a consumer, and you look at the, there's a table of comparisons, and you buy it because you're booking your visa appointment and all those things. You don't have the advice of a broker or a consultant on a call yeah. that can t- so talk you to you. So, bit of lamb to the slaughter, really, unless if you do your homework properly. Yeah. And that's why you know I love. Um, I have many friends at Hollard. I think Hollard is a great insurance brand. Um, they're a big player in the South African market. I just. Felt like a complete idiot mm. for missing something so substantial. They paid my claim. They were, f- because, you know, yeah. but, but if you this took is it to the Umba, you wouldn't win No, I mean, they've no, done no, what they I said they were no, going to do. did nothing wrong. Yes. Um, it is just something that I felt. If you are going to be comparing uh, going on to, you know, the Suntum travel site and the old mutual insured travel site and the hollow travel site, make sure that if that you look at this airport taxes exclusion uh, when you, you buy your you policy. you avoid one yeah. with that exclusion. Yes.
2: I mean, sure.
0: it's it's such a relevant thing to be talking about as we sit. Thousands of tourists are being evacuated from their hotels in Greece. Flights are being cancelled everywhere. There are heat waves in Europe that might be causing people to rethink their travel plans. Wendy, if ever there was a, a good time to be thinking about how much can go wrong, that was completely this unforeseen. This is it. Yeah.
2: So, so Christelle shared with me earlier today a story. What was the newspaper? Was it? The it was a business, business day. Was, oh, our oh, local business day yeah. it was actually, but it was a, a, a European. Story wasn't generated from here, and um, one of the questions I mean, travel insurance now becomes huge, as you're saying. And one of the questions was a lot of people will be wanting to cancel not because their son broke their leg, but because they don't want to go into that kind of extreme heat. Mm-hmm. And would that be um, a valid reason? Would that be something that would be covered by your travel insurance? you certainly the airline wouldn't say, Oh, okay, we understand you have all your money back, but would your travel insurance cover it? And, Um, To me, I think not. What do you think?
1: No, so this is one of the reasons why I bought the Hollard policy because I thought it was such a nice benefit that they have and I have to give them this credit is they have a a policy that's cancel for any reason. Oh, so so that's why I could submit my claim uh, because uh, you know they could say your son can stay at home why don't you go and still travel? You know, yeah with, just with, give him
2: some crutches. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> take
1: him with you. So um so they didn't question the reason that's why okay. I cancelled the policy which we have to give them credit for. So for an example like this, and there's other policies in the market that's got this cancel for right. any reason. Okay. Um another so one to look for another one to look yeah. out for and make sure that you you never know what's going to go wrong. It yeah. can be medical reasons, it can be a fine in Greece, it can be um, I don't know, I don't want to go anymore for whatever reason yeah. and then you can submit a claim to your travel policy of course you have to get try and get but my best advice really is when you book your tickets don't just b- look, book the cheapest tickets that's a lesson that I learned Okay. you know if now with this there's this yeah. reason if I just took the little bit of extra payment on the local flights for, t- which would have allowed me to cancel those flights or get credits I, would, I wouldn't I would have been okay. at a loss of 16,000 so that's another tip is just p- pay a little bit of extra so that you can cancel your ticket yeah. or transfer oh. it into someone else's and South Africans, we just
2: get so little bang for our buck when we travel overseas, and oh, you can no, understand this yeah, mentality save. of, you know, I'm going to save every little bit I can, which is lovely if nothing goes wrong. But I mean, we're increasingly seeing things going wrong. Um, yeah, but it, my all over question
1: the world. for it from a consumer perspective, and I don't know the answer to this, and maybe you can get it, is why are the airlines still not allowing us to cancel um, flights and get a refund because they booked up? yeah, yeah well, you know with uh, this um ital rail um, example was so good when I emailed them they gave me a full credit immediately within half an hour good heavens. It's so good cancel, to know why are the airlines not doing the same because if you know they're, why under, you they're
2: saying that they've, they're, they've got lack of capacity so then they're going to be able to rebook your ticket if yes. it's not last minute yeah,
1: if it's or a even minute, if, if it is it's last like, minute if it's that's like, a good question It's like, let's like Airbnb you cancel up yes. to up two weeks so before the time 50% so mm. after
2: COVID certainly with domestic our domestic airlines you did see a lot of flexibility coming in through you know you're able to cancel for a refund or for a full refund yeah. minus a small fee. Whereas before it was you just lost out. Sorry for you. So yeah. now it's become a competitive thing, which is great yeah. for, for consumers, but they need to extend that. Um, yeah, because further. that would just
1: resolve the problem. All my accommodation got refunded through Booking.com 100%. Oh, that's also good to know. And hmm. the, the 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 rail, but the flights... You yeah, and and yeah. and impossible to get hold of the airlines. Mm. Really, really yes, impossible. I can, I can <laughs> second
0: that. You I know, that. oh, I mean, we've read so many horror stories of how people have struggled because they've gone with what looked like the cheapest possible deal. That might have been a package through a third-party supplier that was oh. a fly-by-night, and then it's impossible to get hold of anybody. Um, and what you're saying is really ringing true for me. I'm thinking of I'm a, I'm a member of a couple of travel groups on Facebook, and. um so often we see these stories of people saying, I had this trip booked, I booked it through eDreams or whatever platform it was. Yes. We've done so many of them, Wendy. And when things go wrong, you cannot get hold of anybody and you start to regret that decision. That, as Absolutely. they say in Afrikaans. Oh. Especially with yeah.
2: travel. I get so many of them as well. Remember yeah. those pensioners that wanted to go to Sun City or something? I managed to. Get them a refund in the end, but it was such a huge thing. People mm. look forward to it mm. save up, go for a really attractive offer and that 's often the first red flag. Not that there aren 't good bargains to be had, but i just i just I wouldn't, i just wouldn 't do it with the travel there 's too much money at stake yeah. you know and, so, and, and and personal everything time and energy and
0: planning yeah. uh, and so, somebody 's just commented who says fifteen years in the travel industry, the more expensive the ticket, the more flexibility you can yes. expect mm. okay Aww. so you 've got to juggle. What flexibility do you potentially need? Somebody's saying a fully flexible airline ticket can cost almost as much as a business class ticket and often double that of a saver ticket. It all substantially adds to your costs. It's not a small difference, uh, as they say in the airfare. Uh, Christelle, just to circle back as we wrap up, I mean, you've mentioned that the free credit card cover is, is really insufficient for a number of cases. What is the bare minimum that you would get with that kind of cover? So
1: I can't comment um, on, on those sort of covers. Okay. And I, it's not fair to say that that all the credit card companies don't provide good travel insurance. And, okay. uh, you know, it really depends on whether you're a private bank account holder and what benefits you have. Oh, okay. and, but but if you are going to rely on the credit card cover, you have to do the homework and, and probably know that you're going to be disappointed if you don't do the homework. Mm-hmm. So my advi- advice really is just like, you know, buy the travel insurance. Make sure that you understand what is covered and what is not covered um, because you won't get the advice of a broker or a consultant on the other side of the line. You have to do it yourself. Mm. And I got caught um, and if with no disrespect to, 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 the tra- to the insurance company involved, they've done nothing wrong. This is a shout out to the consumers. Do your work because...
0: Yeah. Look what can happen when you don't. Yeah, yeah.
1: And if... Crystal Coleman can well, get that's, caught out. That
0: was where we started.
2: What chance do you have? And <laughs> yes, yeah. I would say though that the insurance company concerned should have a look at um, the, their disclosure because it's not—it doesn't jump out at you that no. that one line, clause 813, it, it really doesn't. And I think they c- could be called upon mm. to. Given the implications of it financially, that mm. they need to, need to make that to, a lot to pay more
0: attention to yeah. it. Okay,
2: Christelle, it was lovely thank to have you, you with us again. I hope your son's leg heals
0: fast, and that you're able <laughs> to take that trip uh, in the future. Thank you, thank you, Christelle Coleman, CEO of AMI Underwriting Managers. Wendy Nola continues with us after the 2:30 news headlines. Let's take a short lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. We're moving away from the topic of travel insurance into a second conversation about a local supplier who just doesn't seem to be supplying. And it's actually really interesting because when we went back into our records, uh, we knew that something about the story sounded familiar. And sure enough, it was. It was, in fact, almost a year ago to the day on the 27th of July last year that we had our consumer talk feature that included a warning, a heads up um, about several different service providers who were in the same boat of of promising and taking deposits, but then not delivering what they'd paid for. And among several companies that we featured that day was a local blinds and shutters installer. Um, And at the time, the complainant, James Webb, wrote in to say he and his wife had been about to move into their retirement flat and the blinds they had ordered from the company had simply failed to materialise. They'd paid a 70% deposit on their order, which was roughly 24,000 rand. And once they'd paid that deposit, Nothing happened. Uh, The blinds didn't arrive on the day they'd been promised. Their requests for updates went unanswered. They then got into their car and physically drove to the address listed on the company's website where they found a security guard who said, oh dear, not another one, that business hasn't been here for three years, but you're not the first people to arrive trying to find them and for the same reason. Wendy, remind us what happened next.
2: Okay, so I did eventually manage to get hold of the owner who told me that they were doing their best to deliver in the face of many variables, he said, including delays in imports and the lingering impact of COVID and related global shortages. And he also mentioned very obliquely, he said he couldn't go into details, but there was a problem with a partner who'd done a dirty on them, something like that. Anyway. James still had to resort to rather extreme measures to get a refund and quite clever ones. He got his son to pose as a potential new client, asking for a quotation. And then he literally stopped the owner when he arrived at his son's oh. house. But he did get his money back. Okay. Now, important to mention that back then, we didn't name the
0: business. And we didn't do that for several reasons. Uh, one of them being that James, at that point, was the only complainant that, that we had. Com- had. That we had. Yeah. Secondly... We were mindful that it was a very difficult business environment. There were genuine global supply chain
3: challenges
0: affecting many businesses at that time. And thirdly, by the time we went to air, James had got his money back. So, Wendy, at the time we took the decision not to name them, but we said if anybody else listening has had a similar experience with a CAPE-based blind installer, please come
2: forward and And let us know. I don't think either of us had any Nobody did at that time, but
0: that situation has not
2: changed, unfortunately. unfortunately. Yes, so... I know that you've had some approaches on social media, Papa, and this past week I've spoken to two couples who had a very similar experience to what James described to us last year. Both have paid deposits, one in the 20,000 20, and the other is much smaller, I think around okay. 6,000. Um, and the, the company involved is Cape Blind and Shutters, the owner, Leon Fuchs. He took, in both those cases, took their money, failed to deliver their blinds, and that's why we re are now revealing the identity of, um, the company and its owner Because it's now multiple companies. And I looked on Hello Peter And there were some recent ones there as well Okay, so look What we're going to do is share the
0: two case studies Of sure. those who, who came through to us With, with detail on their cases um, Wendy, let's start with Max and Greta Tell us a bit more They, they, they were the smaller deposit But nevertheless yes.
2: It's money that is a yes. substantial amount to and, and this happened uh, Towards the beginning of the year Around February They live in Chapman's Bay Estate They found Leon's company online And invited him to quote on their blinds Very, very smart website, very professional-looking, very um, encouraging. Um, So Leon visited them in early February to do a quote. He says they were very impressed by his professionalism. He did all the measuring, made recommendations, showed samples, and asked for a 6000 rand deposit. It was just one blind. And that was the end of it. Um, Nothing further, no updates, no contacts, and certainly no blinds. So they okay, f- they didn't take it lying down though, did no, they? No, so they opened a case of theft at the Fishhook police station. remember that featured in our story about yes. the <laughs> fireplaces? Um, but weeks later they were told that the case had been closed because the police couldn't contact Leon Fox. So then um, I we heard from another James, James Davey, um, and he and his partner Patricia moved back to South Africa. James grew up um in Komaki i think he said and he moved back to, they moved back to South Africa just 3 months ago after 30 years there okay
0: so really excited to be starting a new life in in cape town yes. and um in fact we've got james with us on the line so just to be very clear it's a different james from the story we picked we featured yes, last year but unfortunately a lot of similarities james lovely to have you with us thank you for being prepared to speak to us today you also found cape blinds and shutters uh, via their website tell us a little bit about when you first started engaging with them and what happened
3: yeah hi there um yeah thanks so much for having me on sure um <clears throat> So originally what we did is we, um, we obviously, as you mentioned, we came back to to South Africa, came back to Cape Town, whatever, and bought a house and uh, looking to do certain things for the house. And one of those things was putting blinds up. So we went online, had a look at a, a couple of, uh, you, know, you know, companies that are out there. And then quite simply, Cape Blinds and Shutters came up um, as one of the top companies on, on the front page. Yeah. And, um, you know, looked at it very, very um, professionally laid out. Uh, all the information was there that you needed, reviews, that type of thing. Um, so we've actually thought, no, let's give this guy a call. So we gave him a call. He came around and he popped around on the, on, on the, the 9th of June and um very presentable um logos on the shirt all that type of thing you know even had you know samples in a in a kind of a case of blinds um and you know his his way of presenting himself and talking about issues and questions answering questions very professional so it was straightforward so we thought no this guy knows what he's talking about uh, we'll we'll run with him um <clears throat> so we asked him for some quotes and then after a bit of negotiating on the quotes, um you know we we settled on the price and um and then that was it, he asked for a deposit um and like like most companies over here that operate like this, you know we've all heard it before, you know fifty percent seventy percent up front we've done it on a few other contractors in the house they 've all delivered it's been fine, um, and you know we didn 't think about about um, not not paying it, so we paid it, and then you know ultimately just um, he went underground for about ten days, so I gave him a call. You know no answers whatsoever um and uh, just kept trying on on whatsapp and and nothing and then eventually you know I got to the point where I just emailed them and just said listen you know what's happening here? I haven't heard from you 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 said you would install within ten to fourteen days you know haven't heard from you it's been over two weeks now um <clears throat> Can you can you give us an update on progress? Mm-hmm. No reply. So um, oh. you know somebody then yeah you know, told me about Hello Peter and you know that was just just a horror show just going on there and then seeing all all the you know the the replies from people on Hello Peter and then I I knew you know there was an issue and we'd been done.
0: Did you take any further steps at that point, James? What did you do?
3: So what I did is I just I wrote to him and said, listen, I said you know. <clears throat> kind of worried a little bit, you know, seen some bad reviews on the business. Uh, can you just explain yourself, you know, are you, you know, what's happening? Um, and he actually did reply, and he sent me um, a couple of emails. Uh, he only replies through his sales email address connected to the business. No other form of communication on that site or business works. In fact, I think the telephone number is actually just just made up number, it, it just it goes nowhere. So he came back to us. Um, <laughs> wrote just the biggest, you know, cock and bull story I've ever heard in my life. I uh, just came back with um, basically the following. Um, his phone had been stolen. Um, he was in Vincent Pallotti Hospital for a week.
2: It was actually... Um, a, I, I looked at that, um, James. He sent you the um, admission thing, but if you look at it carefully, it was one night. The <laughs> I, 1st of the July, case? from what I could see, yes.
3: <laughs> okay, so so there, yeah, yet another lie. So anyway, so um, so... <clears throat> So that carried on and I, I said to him, listen, I understand how difficult it is to, to start a business, um, you know, and, um, and run a business, etc." And because he actually did in the email ask me to say, listen, you know, I've had some issues with, um, you know, with my business partner. He's done the dirty on me. I'm trying to get the business back off the ground, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, can you, can you, basically give us another chance and then he actually put on the email or we're happy to refund you and I said no no listen we've we lost all faith in the business uh, completely just um just send us a refund and he said he would do that immediately as soon as he gets um a mobile phone up and running because his, his phone as I said got stolen when and, was that um,
2: James how long ago did he make that promise
3: yeah now it's three weeks ago I know uh, the day exactly because I was driving to the golf course <laughs> so, <laughs> when he was talking about it but um but no, that's what he said. So <clears throat> I said, "Listen, that's fine. Just you've got 24 hours to do it. Otherwise, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pursue you." And um, no, I've taken steps. You know, I've, I've contacted attorneys. That type of thing. He's he's got letters on the way. Obviously, you know, I found you know you guys you know to to be you know incredibly insightful to help me play, take this a little bit further. So ideally, what I'm trying to do is just go after this guy. And you know, since since I've been speaking to you and other friends of mine, you know, ultimately I found out that Max also um, was done um, in the similar type sort of fashion on uh, Chapman's Bay Estate. Mm-hmm. So we're putting something together really to try and flush this guy out and try and get more people that have had the similar scenario just to come forward so we can actually take this whole thing to the police properly and say, listen, you know, what are you going to do about this? We've got a, you know, we've got a, a multiple offender here who's, you know, just taking people, you know, for a ride big time. Um,
0: And the story hasn't changed in the past year I mean, Wendy, as you referenced That that mention of, oh, my business partner did dirty Was the same excuse he gave you with the previous case a year ago today
2: Yeah, and what has changed is he hasn't responded to me this time I used the same address, I sent him a media query And he hasn't Uh, engaged at all He hasn't engaged I tried to phone his cell phone It goes straight into voicemail I left a message The landline number that he advertises Excuse me, on his website If you phone it, this is what you hear
1: I'm sorry, that is not a recognized phone number.
2: Okay, so it's a non-existing phone number.
0: What about I mean you've always said to us look for a website that has an address a yes. physical address. So this one does but only ish.
2: Well, uh, James, you said that mm. you you did a uh, you you um I think one the other chap last year actually drove there. Um you said you you did a a, a search and you came up with some cash and carry what address did you use because the address currently on the website just says Morrisom Avenue, Cape Town, so you can't claim he's not there because you can't contact every single business which I think is quite Avenue. clever um did mm. you get pick up a particular number Moorsome Avenue from some of his correspondents or something?
3: no so basically I, you know all I did was just you know when I looked at his um his google um address but if you, if you look at sort of Google ads that type of thing and also Look at Google Maps. It actually takes you straight to a street, so you know where you can pan around like three hundred and sixty degrees. Oh, but degrees, you didn't get just... an
2: actual number. So... No, I
3: just oh, used, okay. I just used the address that actually is advertising on his website, which is like you said, it's no number. Yes. So it's not Like okay. you know, twenty-three, whatever. Um, and there it was, and it's just this this cash and carry. So, I mean, you know, my my past, you know, I've, I have my own you know business in the UK for a while, and so I have an e-commerce website there, and. You know his website's actually very well structured. Um, so you know the, the fact that it it it, <clears throat> it actually appears on the top of the page, yeah, they, um, cost money, that costs money, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, he's probably spending some good money on you know you know SEO and that type of thing to to actually keep coming up at the top. You know, there's a lot of cap- there's there's a lot of blind companies in in you know Cape Town, it you know, which check them up and. and he does it comes up high and um, so he's got to be active you know he's got to be actively you know pursuing that website to actually get the 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 trade that way for people call in but um yeah i know if i had a physical address i would have been there by now
0: (laughs) well james i want to thank you for being willing to share the story with us as you've done today and uh, obviously we're going to keep in touch please let us know if you do hear back from him if you do get your refund which i sincerely hope you might but um, if we hear from anybody else who is interested in, in chatting to you about being part of your attempt to bring him to justice and to lodge a case with police, we'll obviously connect them with you off air. Um, so if anybody listening to this is going, me too, this is my story I'm listening to, uh, please do connect with us and we'll connect you with James um, as part of the effort to, to, to get some deposits refunded at the very least. Wendy, I mean, is there
2: anything else James can
0: do at this point?
2: No, not really. I mean, if he'd paid with a credit card, he could have done a charge back, but that wasn't the case. James, I'm guessing it was an EFT that you simply did into his bank account?
1: Yeah, 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 correct.
2: So, so, yeah, I mean, my main question I asked was, are you going to be refunding James? Um, I hadn't heard Max's story yet, but obviously Max as well, and I included two reviews on – very recent reviews on Hello Peter – um, but as I say, this time, the last time there was an engagement, this time, same address. I just couldn't get him on, on any, by any means. What yeah. he's doing is, I said, well, how, does, how do his customers get hold of him then? Well, you, you engage via the website, you contact and whatever, and then it's done. Then he contacts you via email.
0: So protecting himself. James,
2: yeah. again, thank you for joining us. And uh, let's keep in touch and hope
0: that there might be, uh, at the end of the road, a happy outcome to the story.
3: Yeah, thanks for your time. Cheers, guys.
0: Appreciate it, James Davey. And uh, yeah, interesting to hear from a couple of people responding just in general terms, not to the specific experience. But Vic mailing to say, I've just had blinds put in. I got quotes from two different places, including one that had installed some for me many years previously. I went and checked their Google and Facebook reviews to ensure that they also still did exist. And this is interesting. He says, one of them wanted a 50% deposit. The other one wanted no deposit at all. Oh, that's listen unusual. To this. Dani, well, Donnie would agree with that because Donnie's messaged me to say, 10 years ago living in Canada, a painter taught me a great life lesson. Um, very South African of me. I offered to pay a deposit or buy the materials for the job. And his response to me was, if his suppliers, who had known him for many years, couldn't give him 30 days' credit, why should I give him a deposit after a relationship of five minutes? Since then, I just do not do it. If you have no credit, you're not credit worthy. At best, I buy the materials directly and have them delivered to me, but I never pay a deposit That's very anymore. Good to Donnie. And, Donnie, I bet yeah. Angelo is listening and cl- applauding because our DIY man has said the same thing to us many times before. Be very, very careful about deposits paid particularly for the purchase of materials and who owns those materials when they've been purchased with your money. Exactly. Is something to be very careful about yes, as well. and
2: I love that if you have no credit, you're uncreditworthy. worthy. I mean, you're not, you're not an established enough player to be able to get goods from your supplier. I would say if you have an, an established relationship with, with somebody that has done w- work for you previously. But then again, our other advice is always check recent reviews because sometimes yeah. people start off well. And you go on that, and meanwhile, you know, so Something always go into hello wrong. Peter, yeah. or P- trust pilot. Don't trust the reviews on the on the website of the company itself, because this company has rave reviews, um, and and clearly they aren't to be trusted. In fact, the claim on the website is, Cape blinds and shutters are, I say, is one of sort of one of Cape Town's leading blinds and shutters installers. We take pride in being regarded is one of the most reliable and affordable blinds and shutter companies in the country regarded by whom I would say and yeah. another thing which James didn't mention was his prices were very good just slightly cheaper than what was out there and that fortunately is not usually the sign of a bargain it's the sign that you're going to be had that's okay it's the, as you said
0: earlier about the travel insurance where yeah. really, it's so appealing to mm. all of us tightening our watching belts watching our PDs. operating on a tight budget yeah. to be taken in by something like that so again if anybody listening to this is recognizing the story and um, you want of the others who have been affected in similar ways to the cases we've shared with you today. Drop me an email, please, to h at capetalk.co.za if you'd like to be connected with James. He's made the request that he would like to build, um, I don't know if you would call it a class action, Wendy, really, but he would like to, to to get a good body of evidence to take to police to get them to take this seriously. they don't
2: don't take one case seriously. Yeah, because look what
0: happened last time. The previous complainant made the effort to lodge a case, and it was like, oh, well, sorry, we couldn't find him. There wasn't a lot of energy behind it. There wasn't a lot of willingness to address it. Mm. Whereas if you go with here are eight, nine, ten people who have been defrauded, it's very much harder for them to Mm. to shrug their shoulders and look away. So, again, if you want to, drop me an email to pippah at capetalk.co.za.
3: Join the conversation.
0: Email pippah.cavetalk.co.za I think we've got time to squeeze in an open line question which has come through Wendy and I think it's it's one that you should be able to respond to okay. a little off the cuff. Uh, a question asking about the legal requirements of stores who are selling things to put their pricing uh, in the public eye. Uh, the complainant says all the bull-tongue shops and mall kiosks never seem to have prices listed. It makes it very difficult to... To price and know what you're buying, it's hard and inconvenient to have to ask the assistant for every single product. And their comment is that many of the vet shops are doing the same thing with the food products that they sell. Remind us: is if you're selling something, are you obliged to publish the price on every item?
2: Absolutely, without exception. It's a requirement in terms of the Consumer Protection Act. For this reason, you don't. They they're banking on people. Coming and saying, "Could I have 50 rand's worth of bull or whatever the case may be?" And not really knowing the price or being able to compare the price, etc. I, I, a few years ago, when I was still living in Durban, I did. I went round to a lot of bull shops. Yeah. And I didn't find one that was displaying their prices, and I made a big hoo ha, named it shamed. Asked some of them why, and one said. Because the price is so high, we don't have to put people off. Oh. I mean, hello. Hello. I think it's more, you know, let's not let them uh, um, compare prices. But yeah, built tongue prices, it's like an industry thing. They all do it, it doesn't make it right. Um, vet shops, um, I've seen some that um, will have one sign, of so right at the bottom, tiny, that says your five kilogram bag is this, your with a different, but it's confusing. It should be, as with any other goods. At any other retail store, there should be under each, under the the place on the shelf that says that's for the five-kilogram bag of whatever, there should be a price. You shouldn't, as a consumer, have to go hunting for a price. Or, as they're hoping that you get to the till, it rings up as, you know, 900-and-something rand, and you go, mm, but now nah, this huge bag sitting on the counter, your dogs need the food, and you, you just... You, you don't know, you want don't want to, over so yeah. at, Over this huge... So... um My advice is push back Don't just accept it Name and shame Do all of that Because it's not okay It drives me wild With (laughs) indignation That companies And whole industries Just choose to flout A a, a very key section of the act For for their own ends You know Mm. Never mind the consumer Uh, You know That that offends my sense of justice massively So speak out Let us know Give us examples Let's phone them Let's say you know, how do you justify this? Yeah, and see what, and then and then follow up to see if if there are any changes. Well, speaking of which, somebody's just
0: WhatsApp to say that drives me mad. Pick and Pay does this all the time. Only prices on certain products. Oh, have you had any feedback on whether Pick Not and Pay yet. has acted on the adjustment the, of their pricing well, it policy? Was very
2: recent, yeah, two three weeks at most. But um, it's something I feel very strongly about. Just to, to recap um, for listeners. Pick and pay commendably along with the Shoprite group used to put the the selling price say hey, something was twenty nine ninety nine in the bottom left corner they would put the per kilogram price so that was the actual price of the good the unit price that you can then compare other products that may not be exactly the same pack size and mm. or, or you know to check whether the big box is really a better deal per gram or per kilogram than the smaller one. And uh, they've introduced some new, some new shelf labels that will enable them to do some marketing there on the shelf on that label. And the the unit price fell off. And I'm told by Pick and Pay that they are – they didn't say we, we, we hope to or we may or we're discussing. They said we will be returning. Yeah, so right now 50% of the labels countrywide have the, are the old ones with the unit price and the other half don't have it, driving quite a few – um, listeners mad, um, but I, I promise you I will definitely be keeping tabs on that. I'll wait another few weeks and then say any progress and I will keep doing so until okay. we have a definitive answer.
0: Thank on that you one. for that. Just going back to the deposits, fair point from somebody on the WhatsApp line saying with regards to deposits, the reverse can also be true where businesses have lost out due to unscrupulous customers which is often why um, uh, deposits might be asked for on both sides. This person's advice is that you check that the company is is registered with a governing body because that gives you some teeth then, Wendy. If they're not playing ball, you could refer up to whatever association it is that governs that industry.
2: Yes, but I would say... Although the seventy thing has in recent years become the norm, it wasn't when I started. seventy-five 70 years ago. Yeah. yeah, I would say if you're going to pay a deposit, should, both parties for, this, for for risk reasons should have equal skin in the game. So you should never be you should never pay more than fifty percent, in my opinion. I, I don't can't. care if that's become the norm. It's it, it's serving the service provider, and I do get there are, that there are some unscrupulous consumers. I often have small business owners saying, "Well, you know, you're watching out for the consumers. Who's watching out for us? Who do we go to?" And and fair comment, mm-hmm. but not more than fifty. percent I, would, I wouldn't I would advise it. Okay. So negotiate it. If they want your business, they'll accept it. Wendy,
0: thanks as always for the work you do for following up on these cases for our listeners. And I just want to re- finish by reminding that you that if you'd like to raise a case with Wendy, her email address is consumer at nola.co.za, K-N-O-W-L-E-R. I just want to say again, it's not possible for us to respond to every single case. It's, it's just humanly impossible. Wendy receives hundreds of them every month, and she is a one-woman operation, working valiantly (laughs) in all the available hours to her. But please, to vastly increase your chances of being helped, make sure all of the information, including reference numbers, account numbers, dates, dates, addresses, full names of companies that you dealt with, email addresses, put it all in that single email, send it to consumer at nola.co.za. Please do put the words Cape Talk in the subject line, and uh, we'll do our best to cover as many as we can the fight